check this out, y'all. Audio level full volume. It's go time. This is Border to Border with Matt Josephs. He's super famous. This guy's a fraud, a phony. I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much that I completely stay away from them. Matt, your manliness is overwhelming. Sports, 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 sports. Audio level full volume. It's go time. Here's Matt Josephs on Richmond's 1061 ESPN. Good afternoon, everybody. Border to border on the road here, live at Elsie Bird High School, the site of camp number two of the day for Anthony Harris, the former Wahoo, more importantly, the former Philadelphia Eagle. Uh, he will be here hopefully around 345 or so. We'll get him on the air, and uh, we'll try and not make it too Eagle-centric. But uh, we are here at the Work Hard, Play Hard camp, powered by Uptown Alley, another one of our uh, sponsors here. Of course, if you're uh, looking for a place to go, whether it's bowling, whether it's good food, uh, head on over to Brad McNear Parkway and uh, Uptown alley um as i always like to say there's this preconceived notion about bowling alley food it it blows it out of the water when you come to uptown alley the food is as good as anything else you'll do so check it out uh they are the proud sponsor of the work hard play hard camp here at elsie bird and uh this is a first for me uh it is on and off raining and on and off lightning and thundering. So it probably is not the safest thing to be doing a radio show, but I'm not standing up with a, a metal pole or anything, like asking for to be struck. We are under an overhang when you first walk in uh, to, to Skyhawk Stadium. And uh, so certainly if you're heading down here or you're bringing your kids down here, you can uh, see us and come say hello. Um, we are here under the overhang where we thought it would be safe. Uh, and as of now, we, we've not heard anything that says it's been delayed or anything. Tentatively, everything's supposed to start at 4 o'clock. Everybody's setting up here, all the sponsors and all the fun stuff here uh, for the kids coming up uh, later on this afternoon. So hopefully, uh, as I said, at uh, 345, Anthony Harris will stop by. Uh, if not, he'll be on with Bob, who uh, will be here from four until six. We'll have sponsors on. We'll, we'll, it'll be a, a lot of fun. Last year, I did this show myself. Last year, it was Mitchell and I. Bob was on vacation, so we uh, got to meet a lot of the sponsors here. And uh, we always appreciate doing stuff in the community and, and being a part of the community, even on a Friday, uh, where I think a lot of people, I mean, I don't know, maybe heading down to the beach. It's, uh, it's about beach heading down time at 3.04, uh, time to cut out of work early. So uh, if you are heading down, put us on uh, your radios, and we'll try and entertain you over the next hour. Three two seven zero eight 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 is the phone number. That is the text line. Eight zero four is the area code. Uh, as always, if you want to uh, text me or tweet me at midmajormat at ESPN Richmond, don't thread me. Um, I'm not. I, I create. As I said yesterday, I created a Threads account and I'm not using it uh, until Zuckerberg gets this stuff figured out already. Because I went on there and it's just a giant for you thing in which you just see all everybody. Everybody's tweets, and I don't want to see everybody's. I only want to see the people I follow. Plus, I, I, I don't want to have to go find everybody once again on threads. Like, if Zuckerberg was a nice guy, he'd figure out a way to tap into your Twitter account, have all those followers join you on threads, but they're not very nice guys. Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg. All right, so we got a lot to get into in the show today. Our top five list for today is inspired by wrestling history because something happened uh, many, many, many years ago in the wrestling world on this date. We'll do that a little bit later on the show, and what happened is going to inspire today's top five list. Uh, we'll touch on a whole bunch of, a bunch of other stuff. As There's not necessarily a clear headline 
But there is a poll question up on the website, ESPN Richmond, uh, on Twitter, and I'm about to retweet it onto mine. Um, because tonight is the debut of, I mean, depending upon who you listen to, uh, the next LeBron, the next, uh, the, the greatest uh, draft pick in the history of anything. I mean, I saw, and I didn't actually click the article, so I'm not going to completely say what happened, but the sporting news around the time of uh, Victor Wembanyama's drafting had the top 50 most hyped draft picks in any sport, which is a great list. I didn't actually look at it, but I'm assuming that Victor Wembanyama is in the top five, most likely. You wouldn't do a list like that around that time without having him pretty high. But it's it's a much-hyped debut. Um, we've had a lot of these before. I don't believe Zion Williamson did the Vegas League. Um, ben Simmons did do the Vegas League. Um, so there have been a lot of people who have done it, but none who have been as hyped. I don't did LeBron do the Vegas League? I don't remember if LeBron when he got drafted did Vegas. Not that I can remember. Um I so we we can look that up and see if uh, LeBron was in the Vegas Summer League, but tonight it's going to be on ESPN and it's the first great very great first game he'll go up against Charlotte, who has Brandon Miller, the number two pick. So you have the number one pick and the number two pick. And they're playing on ESPN and look, the level of basketball is not going to be the greatest because it's essentially it's essentially just it's a it's a um he was okay um so here's the thing it's not going to be great basketball and i'm not going to draw any conclusions and people are going to go nuts and they're going to be like oh my god he dunked the ball oh my god he blocked somebody he did this he did that it's not great basketball but it's sold out it's absolutely uh, amazing the hype he's getting so poll question for today at mid major matt at espn richmond which are you more likely to watch tonight? Um, your favorite baseball team, a.k.a. whoever. I mean, if you're a Braves fan, the Braves game is uh, – Braves have a World Series preview tonight against the Tampa Bay Rays, which you can hear here on 106.1 ESPN. If you're a Phillies fan, if you're a Marlins fan, whatever. Which would you more, Which are you more likely to watch tonight? Victor Wembanyama's Summer League debut or your favorite baseball team? Uh, right now, you can't get any closer as the poll. 14 votes. 50-50. Bob has voted seven times. Bob has voted seven times. And we'll get Bob's thoughts when he comes down. Um, because I, we'll see. I might I might be wrong. I'm guessing Bob would take baseball, but I don't know. Uh, I would, I'm would. i going to be watching Victor tonight. And I'm not going to be watching intently in terms of, like, I'm going to be taking notes or anything like that. I'm just going to watch in terms of, you know, I like basketball to some extent. I like basketball when it's fun, when there's an angle. Um, I've said that I, obviously everybody knows I'm a Sixers fan. I enjoy watching the Warriors when Steph and, and Clay are bombing away. Um, I I enjoy storylines. And, I you know, the Summer League, because I'm a college basketball guy, I watch the Summer League because I enjoy a lot of college basketball. And it's essentially a lot of the college basketball stars and a bunch of has-beens playing, playing basketball. So I'll be watching tonight on ESPN. And I'll be interested to see what the ratings are because obviously the I believe I read the NBA draft had the best ratings it's had in a while, which is really odd because obviously Victor Wembanyama was the start of the draft and that was it. It's not like they came back to him, it's not like he was on all day. He got drafted first, they interviewed him, they did some pieces probably throughout the night, maybe they interviewed his parents, whatever. And that was it. But the NBA draft got very nice levels on TV ratings. 
So I'll be interested to see what you think uh, and what this poll question is because you don't get hype like this. You know, Shohei, if Shohei was going for a record tonight or if Shohei was pitching and it was on national TV, maybe that would give it a run for its money. And I'm not dissing baseball by any extent. I'm just merely saying that it's game 90 88, whatever it is. It's just a random game in the, uh, you know, approaching the All-Star break, whereas we are getting the most hyped prospect in the NBA since LeBron playing basketball for the first time. And, and I'm really mad at myself because yesterday I wanted to have a little fun with the TMZ stuff with Victor Wembanyama. For those who are not familiar, Victor Wembanyama's security crew this is this was the headline that randomly passed across Twitter, courtesy of TMZ. Basically, Victor Wembanyama's uh, security team slapped Britney Spears, and you're reading it. You're like, wait a second, hold on, Victor Wembanyama, Britney Spears slap, and you're like, wait a second, this has to be an Onion story, but it wasn't. And basically, both sides talked about it. Britney released a statement. There's some video that's going around. Essentially, one person says that she tapped him on the shoulder. One person says that she grabbed him from behind. There's a whole lot of misunderstanding, and it doesn't look like charges are going to be draw, uh, uh, put forth. But uh, it was the most random story, and I wanted to get to it yesterday on the show, but uh, I did not with the last couple minutes. Uh, so there's a lot of attention on this kid. And you hope that he goes a good way instead of a bad way. What's a bad way? Well, we'll talk about that next segment because it's the guy that I have grown to despise more and more on this show, despite the fact that he could be on Robert's team. And despite the fact that AJ back in the studio loves the guy, Damian Lillard just annoys the crap out of me even more. New headline today. We'll tell you what that is next. We'll get into some other stuff as well. The top five list will be around 3.30, uh, courtesy of wrestling history on this date. We are here live at Elsie Bird High School before everything gets started for Anthony Harris's football camp presented by uh, Uptown Alley. We'll have hopefully Anthony Harris around 345. And we have some sponsors and some fun stuff planned for you as well. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. You love sports. Don't you think it's time you got together? Bob Black is live weekday afternoons 4 to 6 on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here, taking up to 4 o'clock. Bob Black will join us uh, then at 4, live from the Work Hard, Play Hard uh, summer camp here at uh, Elsie Bird High School, where um, Anthony Harris is expected to show up. Camp will start at 4 o'clock, and uh, the weather has cleared up as of now, as far as we uh, can see. Uh, who knows? There is some dark clouds still in the area, but um, we are perched outside. We use some ingenuity. Um, because it was raining and it was lightning and we didn't want to set everything up. So we are underneath one of the overhangs. Uh, you can't miss us. If you're walking down, uh, you can't miss us. We are out in front. And uh, hopefully Anthony Harris will join us at 345, if not 4 o'clock, whenever uh, he will uh, join the show. Uh, 3270-888, that is the phone number, that is the text line. Um, I was just looking up. So LeBron was in one uh, summer league game. We don't know if it was Vegas, Orlando. He had 25 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. Uh, Kobe had uh, tremendous games in the summer league. We don't know which ones those were, but uh, Kobe kind of proved himself in the summer league. And uh, if you voted on the poll, it's at Mad at ESPN Richmond, and we're starting to pick up some steam here. Which are you more likely to watch tonight? Your favorite baseball team, leaving it open-ended, 
assuming it's available for anybody and assuming you can watch it, your favorite baseball team or Victor Wembanyama's debut on ESPN, 64% have seesawed ahead as the NBA star is uh, is taking the lead over your favorite baseball team. So Bob's going to have to vote a little bit more or some of the other people are going to have to vote for baseball uh, a little bit more. Um you know, Victor Wembanyama. Ooh, that was a pretty solid lightning bolt there, uh, off in the distance. Thank goodness. Um, I'm hoping Victor Wembanyama doesn't become Damian Lillard. And here's the thing. So, I used to like, and I still somewhat do like uh, Damian Lillard. I, I just, I don't like what he's doing here. And some of it could be his agent, and some of it's him. And it's one of these other bigger picture things that when you look at these NBA people, NBA stars, NBA players, um, a lot of them like to subtweet, and they like to just post generic things, and then they don't actually say anything. Like, they're trying to say something. Like, um, Dame Lillard had a tweet. It was like two words. And then he was like, well, you know, if people who think they know know as much as – and it's just like these guys, they come out there. Uh, there it is. Oh, wait, no, the next one. It's there it is. I'm amazed, he tweeted 17 hours ago. And then the local station in Portland said, why? And he said, at how people could know so much and so little at the same time. Like all these NBA guys think they're Keats or Walt Whitman. They're like, let me just, you know, give you some some awesome pros here. And so um, – I'm just tired of it. Uh, Joel Embiid tweeted The Watcher. Um, um, uh, Tyrese Maxey tweeted a gif of Hakuna Matata. And I'm just like, tell me what you're talking about. Like, don't, I feel like this is dating. This is like dealing, trying to interpret it, what's going on with the opposite sex here. And like, they just, NBA stars, like, you don't see like Shohei, I don't even know if Shohei has a Twitter account, but like, you don't see like Jalen Hurts tweeting random pictures. You don't see like Dak Prescott doing it. You don't see like, um, I don't even know, uh, Sidney Crosby. Like, you don't see, I don't even know if hockey players have Twitter accounts. It's just so irrelevant. But like, it feels like the NBA guys, when they come into the league, they're taught to maximize their Twitter usage by saying absolutely nothing. Even LeBron. Like, LeBron actually says stuff. LeBron uses his Twitter account for the most part and is very direct on what he wants to say. Damian Lillard's like, you know, let me just be as generic as possible. And so the latest story today, or yesterday, whenever it was, it's essentially the same one that's come out, but it's also been, it's it's a lot stronger this time. Essentially, it came out that, like, if you trade for Damian Lillard, he's not playing for you. Like, you're trading for a guy who's unhappy. And I find that hard to believe. So let's say he gets traded to the Sixers. Or let's say he gets traded to the Celtics, who have just a good, as good a shot as anybody to win an NBA championship as the Heat. Like, are you telling me, let's say he gets traded to the Warriors. Obviously, the Chris Paul thing complicates things. You're telling me that he gets traded to the Warriors, he's going to sit out? Well, it's, it's sort of like with Kevin Durant last year. These two guys... They love basketball so much. I know there's some guys out there that would sit out, but Dame's not that kind of guy. I just, I mean, that's what we're kind of seeing right here. It's just though every every story is literally saying, do not trade for Dame Lillard unless you are the Miami Heat. And the part that's annoyed me, and I've kind of touched on this the past couple of days as we continue to talk about the same story and the same thing over and over and over again, he preaches loyalty, and we all loved him for it. We loved the fact that he kept playing for Portland, even though Portland had no hope for anything. They had C.J. McCollum. It was one of the best backcourts in the NBA. They won some playoff – I believe they won one or two playoff series in his career, and then they hit a wall, a.k.a. you know the Thunder when the Thunder had all their stars or the Lakers or the Warriors. Whoever it was, they hit a wall. 
And yet he kept saying, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I'm a Portland trailblazer for life. And we're, I loved it. We all did. And then all of a sudden the, cha- the, the, the tenor changed a little bit. It was, let me see what you do in the free agency. And then it was, let me go talk to the Blazers. And then it was, yeah, I went out of the Blazers. And everybody's like, okay, we kind of understand it. We were shocked you were there as long as you were. And then it became, I want to leave to, I want to go to the Heat. Which, by the way, the story also came out that like a lot of the Heat players talked to him. Like, that is technically tampering. And, like, the Sixers got lost second-round draft picks for P.J. Tucker tampering. So, like, and let's be honest, LeBron tampers as much as anybody. LeBron talks to everybody, and he, rightfully so. And, you, and look, I, I have no problem with stars, like, lobbying each other, but don't penalize teams, especially for P.J. Tucker. But, like, you know, Heat players came and told him, okay, that's fine. I mean, look, you can't prevent NBA players from talking to each other. You just can't do that. But it's just the turn that we've gone from Damon Lillard, wholesome guy, points to his watch, he uh, shoots 50-foot three-pointers. We all love him for all that stuff. And then now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, hello. Um, Yeah, I only want to go to one team, and all that loyalty I had is out the window because guess what? The Heat have nothing. Excuse me, the, the Trailblazers have no leverage whatsoever here. No leverage whatsoever. Now, here's what I do think is going to happen. I don't think he's getting traded until the season begins, at least. I think if you're Portland and you're asking prices high, okay, you don't have Damian Lillard. Guess what? You have Scoot Henderson, who I'm also kind of looking forward to seeing him play uh, in the in the Vegas Summer League. But, like, if I'm Portland, I it's a staring contest because guess what? You own the rights to Damian Lillard. The Heat want Damian Lillard. The Heat are going to play the season and notice that they are a superstar short. We saw that last year. They were a superstar short from beating Denver. This thing's dragging on to the season. If I'm Portland, even if I get a really good offer, I'm still waiting. Because what's it, what's it matter to Portland? He's not going to play. That's great. What's it matter to Portland to trade him now even if you get a great offer? If you wait. Let's say, all right, ready? So, AJ, you're the Miami Heat GM. You give me your offer of, all right, I'm trying to guess here, Hero, Duncan Robinson, I think Kyle Lowry for salary purposes, and then, like, I don't know, three or four pick swaps or picks. I don't know what the Miami Heat's first-round situation is. It's a really good offer you just gave me, AJ, but what is my purpose to do it now and make you happy and not make my not make it makes no difference for Portland, who's trying to lose games and get another superstar. See, do you understand what I'm saying? The problem is the players run the league completely. I feel like Portland's handcuffed, and they almost have to go with that. I think if they try and get something better, it's gonna it's gonna backfire on them, and I think they know it. Whether whether these organizations are cowardice to the player or not, I'm not exactly sure, but I think they feel like they're trapped. But here's the thing, Portland's not trapped because they don't they don't he's not going to play, he's not going to get hurt, and Portland's trying to lose games. They're not ready yet to be good. And so any offer like okay, so so Tyler Hero maybe gets hurt and then the the trade offer changes. Portland has no reason to make this trade until even the trade deadline. Miami's the one who has to make this trade. Miami is the one that was a superstar short in the NBA finals. Would you take they, the trade? Not right now. No. No, there is no reason. I literally, I, and you know what? Obviously, Portland and Dame had a great relationship, and the, and I'm sure they want to preserve it. But Dame has taken the turn. 
he has taken the turn from the guy that, that to to a slight heel turn, not like you know full on heel, but like he's basically saying, I'm not playing for Portland, I'm not playing for Philly, I don't care. If Philly offers you Joel Embiid, I don't care. I'm not going there. They're not going to. So if I'm Portland. And I already know we're going to stink anyway, and we're going to have, you know, a high pick. I'm going to sit here and say, look, Miami, you keep playing your season. It's not like it's not like another superstar is going to be available. Who's Miami going to turn to? What are they going to do? Trade for Luka? What are they going to trade? Who are, like, who are they going to trade for? Miami needs Dame Lillard. Portland does not need Dame Lillard anymore. And if he doesn't want to play, great. That's going to help us with our cause that we're going to suck. So if this trade is done before the NBA trade deadline, then Portland's a bunch of idiots. All right, I got one real quick for you. Ask your little your little co-host there a straight up trade Lillard for Butler. Well, I just think any if you get rid of Bam and Jimmy, it's just what's the, what's the point of having Dame? Because people are saying why not include Bam, but the, one of the number one reasons he wants to go there is because of Bam and Jimmy. So there's just no point. I don't. I think it's kind of mute if you get Dame there without the two of them there. I don't know how you feel, Matt. No, I mean, I wouldn't do that. And that's the thing. Like, you're not trading one for another. You're at, I mean, we're in the star acquiring business in the NBA, unfortunately. Here's the funny thing about the NBA, about the Heat. Like, just because they get Dame, like, they're a very top-heavy team. Their bench is going to be nuked with Duncan Robinson gone and um, uh, Gabe Vincent gone. and Caleb um, Martin, possibly. Caleb Martin could be gone in that deal. And Dunk, um, and uh, Tyler Hero will be gone. And Duncan Robinson. And Kyle Lowry would be gone. Like, they would have Dame, Bam, uh, and Jimmy Butler. And then what? They I think could... the only argument to that is how good they are at finding undrafted talent. They, they're kind of the one team you'd feel like uh, they can kind of figure it out, but they will also most likely use lose Jovic and Hakez, who would be a part of their future. Right, and so like, uh, and that, and I've said, and this is going to be the problem with Phoenix all along. Phoenix's problem is they've got th- they're going to have three of the four best players on the court most nights, three of the best five, whatever. But when Phoenix was really good. They had Cam Johnson off the bench. They had Michael Bridges off the bench. They had Jay Crowder off the bench. They had guys, and you almost look at Denver, and Denver was really good because of Murray and Jokic, but you know what else Murray, uh, Denver was really good for? Bruce Brown and um, Jeff Green and um, the backup point guard, whoever that was. Uh, I mean, Reggie Jackson played some minutes, but like he didn't play very much in the NBA Finals. They had another guy off the bench, but like it, it's, I think the NBA is becoming more the sum of your parts than the superstars you have. I just think that's what it is. And if you then Miami, Miami guts its roster and has the three stars. Which, by the way, Bam. I don't know if Bam's a star. Bam is superstar some nights and mediocre like six foot one playing center can't get a rebound can't do anything other nights his consistency has been an issue that finals didn't didn't turn you around a little bit i mean Jokic plays no defense Jokic plays no defense so he doesn't Jokic is terrible defensively i'll let the heat fan robert what's your thought on bam i mean uh, you probably saw my tweet right after i was a little bit too irrational with that one um bam's obviously I think easily a top five defender. He some nights he can be a top five offensive center, but it's just some nights, like you said, he plays small. And at the end of the day, he is a smaller center. He's a six nine center. He's kind of better suited to be a power forward, having seven footer next to him. But I don't know how that would work exactly. But I'm I'm on and off with Bam really, and and Bam is on and off as well. Yeah. So you're gonna have you're gonna have the two best players in Jimmy. And by the way, like Jimmy's not a superstar during the regular season. 
Jimmy's just a regular guy during the regular season. He conserves himself for the postseason, then plays really well in the postseason. So most nights, you know, Dame is going to have to carry the the offense a little bit there. I just look. I would not begrudge anybody for going after Dame, um, but I, I it's not a guaranteed NBA Finals, and it's just disappointing because he was one of the wholesome guys that we all loved and we kind of rooted for. And now, like you, you get a kind of a sense among some NBA fans, like they're tired of his act, and they're like, "Dude, we get it. You want to go play for Miami." Um, we get it. We get all that stuff. But it's just it's it's frustrating to see one of those guys turn heel somewhat like he is. And, you know, that just means we'll have to go find somebody else. Maybe Victor Wembanyama will be the guy that everybody latches on to in, in uh, um, Victor Wembanyama. And, by the way, he's going to play his friend, Bilal Koulibaly, in, I think, the second round of games. They, they're scheduled to play each other. So, Goodbye the Vegas Summer League to uh, notice this sort of thing and be like, yeah, maybe we want to do that. Because as you, as we said, games sold out tonight. Like, Vegas Summer League doesn't sell out very often. Uh, 3270-888, that is the phone number, that is the text line, 804 area code uh, here on the show. We are live at the uh, Work Hard, Play Hard camp, powered by Uptown Alley at uh, Elsie Bird High School. Anthony Harris, among those who will be here uh, teaching the kids. It starts at 4 o'clock. Let's take a timeout. You're listening to 106.1 ESPN. His words can move you. Seriously, they can pick you up and carry you across the room. Or maybe that was the poltergeist again. Hmm. Big Al is live weekday mornings 8 to 10 on 106.1 ESPN Richmond. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here outside of uh, Elsie Bird's uh, Stadium uh, for the Work Hard, Play Hard camp powered by Uptown Alley. It is Anthony Harris's camp. He is not here yet. Uh, we hope to have him here at the table, uh, whether it's me or Bob or both of us or nobody. We might just have him sit here in silence. Who knows? I mean, it'll be bad radio, but uh, hopefully he'll stop by. Uh, festivities are scheduled to start around 4 o'clock here. As of now, the sun is out. Uh, there are still some weird-looking clouds, but uh, as of now, the sun is out. I was not electrocuted during several of the lightning blasts, but that's because we're underneath one of the ticket places. So we are safe right now uh, here on the show. 327-0888, that is the phone number. That is the text line. 804 is the area code. Don't forget to vote on the poll. Which are you more likely to watch tonight, your favorite baseball team or Victor Wimbenyama's Summer League debut? And right now it is 50-50. Bob has wrangled all his people up and said, vote for baseball, which, look, by the way, and this is not, this is to tell you, you only have one TV because I'll be watching both. I'll be watching the Phillies on one TV and Victor on the other TV. But if I only had one TV, it would be dedicated to Victor. And also, obviously, if it was on the same time, if it was different times, believe the Victor stuff is at seven. I believe. Nine? Oh, well, that's even better. Uh, if I was Vegas, I would put it as prime time Vegas time. Um, but we'll see. So that's uh, going on tonight. We'll keep you posted on the poll, and you can keep voting at MidMajorMatt at ESPN Richmond on Twitter. We're not on threads. Uh, all right, so I, I'm i surprised at myself for how I've continued to pull up these top fives. At first, I did it a couple weeks ago because I wanted to kill some time. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to keep doing these. And I've had some bad ones. There are ones that have not been as strong as other ones. But today, there is something that happened in sports entertainment history. Um, on this date, in 1996, 
the wrestling world was shocked as we saw this occur uh, in WCW. Hulk Hogan arrived. Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. What is he oh doing? Oh, my God. Is he the third man? He's the third man. What oh. the hell is going on here? Hulk Hogan has betrayed WCW. He is the third man. Look at this. this picture. Oh, my God. What the hell is going on? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I, probably the lowest shot ever given to professional wrestling. That man did right there, Hulk Hogan. Let's get everybody out of the dressing room right now and kick his rear end. Unbelievable, brother. You just what sold have I your been saying the all devil. these years? Huh? What have I been saying all these years? Oh, my, oh, oh my can... God. A career That's... of a lifetime. It's right down the drain, kid. I hope you love it. Can you you see just those sold your soul to the devil. See those little hulksters with the tears rolling down their face right now? We are not going to even acknowledge that three count. Now what happens to us? What happens now to WCW? All right, so that was uh, 1996, and I, I believe it was the first day, and if it wasn't, it was essentially the unofficial start of the New World Order, and it was it the was. greatest idea that Eric Bischoff ever had. Thank you, AJ. Uh, I just don't know if they ever officially... Oh, yeah, they did at the end, because then they go on this whole thing, and they start talking, and then at the end, they're like, oh, this is the New World Order, and it, it was it was a great idea um, by Eric Bischoff. Now, it turned out to be disastrous, and it turned out to be his undoing many years later, and if if you ever watch the Monday Night Wars, you'll see as that progresses. Um, so it led me to this. The top five meanest sounding factions in sports. Top five meanest sounding factions in sports. Now, obviously, there's probably tons of them. I probably missed some, but these were the five that I found. So buckle up. Number five in the list of top five meanest factions in sports history, the Broad Street Bullies. Uh, these were the 1970s Flyers, uh, Dave Schultz, who had over 400 penalty minutes. But when you hear the name Broad Street Bullies, you think mean-sounding people. And, of course, in hockey, they were. They fought a lot. They did a lot of stuff under the belt. Uh, there was the great story about how they played Russia, and there was things that happened in that game, and Russia didn't want to come out. And so, number five is the Broad that, Street Bullies. That is your five? I knew that was going to be your one. That's everyone's number one. That is your five. Listen, hold on. I'm you excited. Got four more. I, I mean, obviously, look, it was, uh, if I was to be biased, of course, I'd put the Philadelphia team number one, but it's not. Uh, number four, the Evil Empire. A.K.A. the New York Yankees. I mean, how much meaner can you make a faction sound than calling somebody the evil empire? And by the way, that was the uh, owner of the Red Sox who, uh, f I believe, first referred to uh, the Yankees as the evil empire. But there were other people who referred to the evil empire uh, in the early 2000s. So the Yankees being referred to as the evil empire's four. Probably could have switched those. Uh, number three, and this is inspired by a 1958 song by Sheb Woolley called the Purple People Eaters. And this was the Minnesota Vikings defensive line from the late 60s to the late 70s. Alan Page, Carl Eller, Jim Marshall, who, by the way, ran a wrong way for a touchdown, and Gary Larson. But that's pretty intimidating. The Purple People Eaters? That sounds really mean. Obviously, there's a lot of people. AJ, have you ever heard the song Purple People Eaters? Sadly. Okay, well, but you have, so that's good. That's not sadly. So that's number three. Number two on my list of top five meanest sounding sports factions, 
the Steel Curtain, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. But, like, you think Steel Curtain. You think, like, I'm not going to allow you to get anywhere. Steel Curtain consisting of Mean Joe Green, Elsie Greenwood, Ernie Holmes, and Dwight White, who I don't know those last two. I've only heard of the first two. But, like, the Steel Curtain sounds really intimidating. Really intimidating. Uh, And number one, this is an obvious one. Number one, because they actually were mean, and it does sound mean, were the bad boys, and that is the Detroit Pistons. Now, AJ, you are the NBA expert of the two of us. Can you name uh, – there's four main members of the bad boys. Can you name all four of them? Oh, of course. Thomas, Dumars, uh, Leitner, and Rodman. Ooh, not Leitner. But you were close. Bill Lambeer. Lambeer, sorry. Yeah, I hate both of them in the same special way. I'm sorry, Lambeer, right? Bill Lambeer was the uh, the and he was the main guy. He was the meanest of them all. Uh, he was the guy who I believe got uh, Larry Bird in a headlock. Maybe I mean I mean everybody wanted to put Larry Bird in a headlock, but I believe he did. Um, so yes, number one because they were both mean and the name sounds mean are the bad boys. So the top five meanest sounding sports factions, and you could probably have changed the order a little bit. The Broad Street Bullies, the Flyers of the 70s, the Evil Empire, the Yankees of the early 2000s, the Purple People Eaters, which is the Vikings defensive line from the late 60s to the late 70s, Steel Curtain, which is the Steelers defense, and the Bad Boys, which was the uh, the Pistons. It's a dope list. The, I mean, it's, look, there was a lot of names that you could certainly have gone with. Um, but, like, I was thinking mean. Originally, I was just going to do names, but then I decided to make the mean factions because the NWO was extremely mean. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, the list for today. By the way, wrestling fact really quick. I did not realize until I had watched the Monday Night Wars um, that the whole Triple H in a tank thing happened in Virginia. It happened down at the Scope, which I didn't realize that. Did you Did you know that, AJ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was running a security company at the time, and... We had connections with that. I did not know that was the case. Much like I also didn't know that Darvin Ham's dunk that broke the backboard happened here in Richmond at the Coliseum back before the Coliseum was going to fall to the ground and kill us all the next time we were in there. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm making a joke. But, like, I did not know that Darvin Ham's backboard smash was here in town. Uh, It took me some time to learn all these things as I've, you know, obviously Richmond's my home. Uh, and it has been for the past 15, 16 years or so. So I, I've, I had to learn all the things that happened here. Um, but, yes, those are some of the facts that I picked up. But, yes, today was the official creation of NWO, which was the best part of the WCW and the eventual demise of the uh, WCW as well. We are here at Elsie uh, Bird High School, right outside the football stadium, and uh, the weather looks fine now. Sun is out, a uh, little bit of a wind. Uh, it's a little warm. Kids are starting to show up. Uh, we have not seen Anthony Harris yet, uh, so either I'll have him in this last segment or Bob will have him at the start of the show at 4 o'clock. But uh, if you're coming out, just come on out and say hello. Say you enjoy the show. Or if you don't enjoy enjoy the show, lie and and just tell us you do anyway because the boss is here. Uh, Let's take a time out. We'll do one final segment for the week ahead. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. The boys of summer are doing their thing in the ATL. One of the most exciting seasons ever. Stay on top of every Braves game here on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Ah, there we go. I like that. A little NWO music to bring us back. 
That will be a top five, maybe at some point. Top five wrestling entrance theme songs. Um, that might be at some point before the end. I need a tie-in though. Like I need something to happen in this day in history. Because as you said, as you've seen, AJ started to tie in something in history with my top fives, or at least trying to find a top five that ties in. I had one planned for today. It was going to be my top five things I'm looking forward to this month. Uh, in the sports world, and that will probably be on Monday. Um, and by the way, you would have been happy because one of the things in there would have been something that you are also looking forward to. Um, but we'll do that on Monday. Uh, I saw the NWO thing. I'm like, I got to do this meanest factions in sports thing. It was a great move. Uh, uh, so we got a uh, uh, an email today from, from James Madison. James Madison has sold out its 2023 allotment of football season tickets. Now, Bob and I were discussing off-air because it's 8,718 tickets, which is presumably a large swath of students and people like Jonathan McNamara who are, you know, season ticket holders. I mean, I was a season ticket holder at Syracuse my four years there. My dad's a season ticket holder for Temple football and has been for a while. So, like, we're two different groups that are being counted into it. But why is it only 8,718 when obviously Bridgeport Stadium is slightly larger and it also kind of just goes back to the point like and this is i understand that i'm a preaching to the choir here when i talk about this and b like everybody i don't think there's anybody who has a dissenting opinion upon this but this is once again why the ncaa was dumb to deny the dukes the opportunity to make a bowl game i can understand if it's Jacksonville State, Sam Houston State, uh, they're the two teams from the FCS that are making the leap. Kennesaw State is doing it next year. Like, I can understand if you want to make them wait a year, two years, whatever it is. But JMU satisfied everything they had to in the first year. And now in the second year, they're, you know, they're continuing to get all this success and everything and they're, to get this backing. And I just don't understand why... And I kind of hope we get to a situation where there is not enough bowl slots and we have to basically – because Jam, you can get in, but they're like the absolute dead last, dead last people who can uh, get in. Like there's no bowl tie-ins, nothing whatsoever that can save them. Um, but they've sold out their allotment. The previous season ticket record, which I find interesting, last year, which was 7,708, another kind of random number, because now they've all of a sudden opened up 1,000 more, and maybe they go off of surveys, uh, things like that. Uh, the, the school also announced the family weekend matchup against South Alabama on September 30th is sold out completely. The single-game tickets went on sale um, couple of days ago and that sold out as well I, I just I'll never understand it and nobody at JMU is going to talk about it and I wouldn't expect them to they don't want to badmouth the NCAA because they just want to basically let all of us do it for them but I it, it's just one of those things if you're able to make the leap and if you're able to make money and you're getting the support from your fan bases like I just I don't get it Especially since the Sun Belt did what they did and gave them a conference schedule the first year, that was the biggest thing that had to happen. But I, that's going to be the challenge. And obviously, you know, Bob and I will rotate Kurt Signetti throughout the season, and that'll be the biggest thing for me 
is for him to keep his team motivated. Like, you can get your team motivated for week two at Virginia. Um, you know, you can keep them motivated for App State probably in Coastal Carolina because Coastal Carolina was named the champions when they should have been the champions and so on and so forth. But, like, can Kurt Coach keep his team motivated all season long? Can, you know, there's going to be times where these kids, and we saw Isaac Ukwu leave, and I don't know if Ukwu leaves if – they have uh, postseason aspirations. I mean, just think what they've gone through the last couple of years. The CAA screws them, and then uh, the NCAA screws them two straight years. And it's just it's it's very difficult. Um, but we'll see what happens. We'll do a lot more college football. I keep getting emails from the Sun Belt, and they're like, "You can go to New Orleans and go to Sun Belt Media Day, and the hotel's cheaper." I mean, listen, you could go. I could cut. I could do ODU. NJMU in the Sheridan Hotel out in New Orleans, which I've never been to New Orleans. Um, I could do that for cheaper. Of course, the flight is a lot more expensive. I can't drive to New Orleans in the same amount that I can drive to Charlotte. But they're like, one last day. And it's like they're speaking to me because I wanted to go last year when everybody joined to get the sense as to what's going on. Um, they're doing it over two days because they have divisions. For those who are not familiar, I've kind of talked about it on the show. The ACC is doing it over three days this year because they got rid of divisions. So the first day is like four schools and the commissioner. The second day is Tech and UVA and a couple other schools. And then uh, the third day is uh, five other schools. Um, I have a press pass. We do not have a spot yet on Radio Row. Uh, we're trying to get that confirmed, so we're really excited uh, about that coming up. And we have a sponsor this year, which we definitely are looking forward to uh, unveiling uh, for that. But that's what's coming up a little bit later on uh, here this season. Uh, so that's going to kind of wrap things up here on the show. Um, what am I looking forward to this weekend? Not much. Just a lot of college football research uh, and watching the Vegas Summer League. Uh, so that's what's going on. We'll put some baseball on. We'll put some other stuff on. Um, but we're kind of just going through fifty less than 50 days away from the start of the college football season. And we are looking forward to that. We are live here at the Work Hard, Play Hard camp powered by Uptown Alley. It's Anthony Harris's camp. Uh, Bob will hopefully have Anthony Harris on at some point. We'll have some sponsors as well. But my time is uh, about to uh, wrap up here. Uh, thanks to AJ back at the studio for all of his hard work. Thanks to Robert here for helping us set up as we had to set up in the rain and thunder and lightning. And we got it done. Uh, so come on out and say hello if you are heading down. I will be back in studio on Monday from 3 to 4. We'll also do our mashup Monday with me and Bob at 4 to 5 on Monday. A lot to look forward to. Have a happy weekend. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. For some, it's the luxury that captivates. 